My name is Brian, and today is Friday, July 21st, 2023, and this is episode 470 of the Lots Project Podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And it's another Coffee with Brian, and it is a Friday, 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 10K giveaway Friday. How's everybody doing this morning? We will uh, get that hashtag up sooner rather than later. And get it scrolling across the bottom so we everybody can join in for 10k friday giveaway ah need that this morning oh last show from mountain time today it has been a struggle i am not gonna lie i didn't think that it would be that bad getting up um an hour earlier to keep the show on schedule uh it wasn't. It wasn't that bad getting up an hour earlier. It was the fact that we were going to bed two hours later, three hours later, and then an hour earlier. So definitely, uh, definitely a little, um, a little worn out here by the end of the week. But today we pop back over into central time zone and things should be able to um, kind of smooth back out in, uh, in as far as being tired and getting some rest. So we're excited for Saturday and Sunday. I think tomorrow we're going to be able to sleep in a little bit. And then we have a big long drive tomorrow and then a short one on Sunday. And then we stay put for four, I think four days, four days. Um, I think four days, four nights, or five, four nights, five days. I don't know. However, however it used to happen with all those uh, all-inclusive packages. I can never get it right if it's more days than nights or nights than days. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to move over there today and then sit down for a little bit. We got some things next week coming up that we have to take care of and uh, then moving on home end of next week. So it's been a good trip for sure. It's been a good trip for sure. Uh, what do we got in the cup today? It is the last day in Mountain Zone. So uh, with how tired I am, I'm glad I have one French press left of GSD. I got that going right now, and I might pop into another bag today. Corey and I were just discussing before the show if you're going to take a nap after the show before we leave, or if we will, um, if we'll stick it out and tough it out and um, just stay up and move along. So if we end up staying up. I'm guessing I'm going to make another French press, and it'll be a fresh new bag, and I'll be uh, be three days into it by the time we talk to you next. Good morning, Mike, the Philippine Nomad. We got uh, good morning, uh, Lots Project from the Nomad and then Canadian Farmstead in already with, uh, <laughs> he wants, he wants uh, hashtag Canadian Farmstead repeat as the, as the hashtag for 10K uh, Friday giveaway. Uh, it's not going to be that, but it is going to be related to what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, we had some fun yesterday. If you're in the Telegram chat, you saw some pictures. But um, for Friday, July 21st, 2023, the 10K giveaway hashtag is going to be got stuck. Hashtag g-o-t-s-t-u-c-k got stuck <laughs> so there you go canadian farmstead looks like you're gonna be uh yeah i got some good odds right now let's so drop that in there anybody else watching the live feed can drop got stuck hashtag got stuck in the in the comments if you are on facebook you uh facebook youtube twitter and twitch i believe is I think those are the three, three or four that will register through StreamYard. So anyway, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about getting stuck yesterday. Uh, that was interesting, interesting for sure. And uh, probably will fill up the half hour or 40 minutes that we have after uh, after the Perfect Cup and, uh, and the history segment. So it was different. It was, um, yeah. <laughs> it was a day it was a day let's just put it that way and um but we're here we're here i think we're on solid ground right now i think by the time we pull out of here we should be okay we should be okay on the way out so we will talk about getting stuck and then uh what we got coming up this weekend and whatever to fill out the rest of the time 
we will go into the weekend and we will knock it out of the park this weekend. Have a good one and uh, come back on Monday. So let's uh, let's get to that perfect cup question of the day. We'll roll through that, hit the history segment, and then talk about our fun, fun adventure yesterday. So anyway, we will uh, hit that perfect cup right about now. All right, everyone, it's time for the 125th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram feed. That's t.me slash lots feed. That's t.me slash lots feed. Perfect Cup question of the day today is what's one thing that bothers you most about the world today? What's one thing that bothers you most about the world today? And um, it's uh, it's an interesting question. If you thought that uh, you missed it out there, you can always find it posted across social medias. I, uh, I, t- I definitely post it in that Telegram feed, and it's the main place I gather answers. But you can also look for it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and MeWe. I put it out there the day before the show. Go around, gather up the answers, and bring them to you the following morning. Give you mine often give you Corey's and give you what the audience has to say. And then we have a little chat about it and move on with the rest of the morning. If you'd like to participate in the perfect cup question of the day, please find it on socials and leave a comment and we will, uh, we will go over it the next morning. Again, that perfect cup question of the day today is what's one thing that bothers you most about the world today. I've uh, got decent amount of answers over there in the telegram feed and, um, Man, it really it really sheds a light on um, on how crappy things are right now, how crappy people are. Um, <laughs> Canadian Farm says, says in the comments, he says, "I didn't get answering. I think mine is people, just people in general. That's cool." Um, yeah. Anyway, I uh, I've I've started answering the question first. And I had to think for a little bit. There were so many things, so many things that bother me about the world today. Uh, to find the one that bothered me most was, um, <laughs> that's like, yeah, it's it's a tough question for sure. Uh, there are definitely things I look around and I've tried to, I don't want to say insulate myself from them, but at least uh, put them in light to where they don't bother me as much. Uh, I try to only let things bother me that are right in front of my face. Um, But one of the things that really bothers me, and I think it's doing a detriment to society, is um, the fact that no one questions anything. No one, everybody just accepts, accepts uh, answers, accepts, uh, accept the science, you know, that whole thing. Um, Anything that people are told they believe, it's the whole theory of the the newspapers putting the false headline on the on the front page and then two days later burying the retraction on the back page of the sports section uh, it's it's people will believe it a lie will go around the world 30 times before the truth the truth is told i don't know if that was the quote or how many times around the earth but uh man isn't it the truth and as we move into today's society uh, our technologies with AI, with the internet, with things like that. I think it's just just accelerated the whole process. And um, it's so easy to spread false information. Um, look at, they made a whole thing about it. Uh, what is it, fake news? Yeah, yeah. Now, even when someone is telling the truth, if someone had prior heard that uh, that statement is false, they just scream fake news. They, uh, they assume... They assume what they they know as true is, and they've even started to refer to it as my truth. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. So, my uh, my issue rant over is uh, no one questions anything. Kyle Backwoods Butcher weighed in with no one understands the meaning of hard work. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been a while, man. That's been a while. I uh, I think it's been generational. I think every generation is slowly. Uh, done a little less than the last and um, we're to a point where you're noticing it <laughs> you're noticing it now uh scrambling uh scrambling brian norton over at food forest farms weighed in with uh scarcity mindset 
everybody, everybody, for sure, for sure, uh, scarcity mindset set is out there. Uh, Mike Philippine Nomad, he weighed in with apathy. Uh, the majority don't give a damn anymore. They don't care. They're not interested. They have no opinion. Just emotionally, mentally, and spiritually dead. I don't think I can. Uh, I don't think I can add to that. <laughs> that's that's perfect, uh, old loco. That's a very good observation. Is that um, is that island culture too? I, I think you described um, the the majority of people bobbing around in the United States. Is that uh, is that the same culture in the Philippines, or is that uh, is that is that mostly mainland stuff that you're uh, that you're referring to? Josh Philippine or Josh the Philippine Nomad. <coughs> Josh the Philippine Nomad. Josh the Renegade Butcher uh, weighed in with uh, that humanity has in general been trained to be slaves and find virtue in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that is also a uh, is not a good thing as uh, you look around and people ask for more chains they polish their own chains. They uh, they they willingly put themselves into more and uh, thank the people that are doing it for them. Why? It's 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 been a conditioned, it's a conditioned thought that um, that puts them there. I think I think they've been trained, like Josh says, and uh, training and conditioning. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah, I I uh, I totally agree. Uh, Pip weighed in. Pip over at Duction Cups, uh, our history segment, uh, our history segment guru. Pip weighed in and said, "I've come to call it the QRF. Those emotionally loose humans before who, before a sentence is finished, they're already in outrage and emotionally angered mode. I think that's called triggered, Pip. <laughs> I think that's trigger warning. Um, yeah, yeah. There are. You can watch their faces." And me being the me being the potster I am usually when I see that face start to crinkle up when you see the pain in their eyes because they've already started to have brain cells explode. Uh, that is the perfect time to just give it a little bit more and see where it goes. See where it goes. That's always fun, but uh, definitely agree with that, Pip. Uh, I he calls the QRF the initial stand stand to stand for quick to rage and frustrate quick to rage and frustrate yeah is that kind of like rbf uh the resting bitch face uh are we coming up with a new set of uh acronyms for the world um let's see james james at gingerbread farms he weighs in and says entitlement and offended olympics yeah yeah i'm more offended than you uh i'm offended too i am uh i'm I deserve everything I want. You need to do this for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been a shift since I, uh, I believe since a shift since I was a child, um, nonetheless. So it is what it is. It is what it is. That's, uh, that's what James, that bothers James the most. Uh, Philippine Nomad weighed in and said, apathetic in my travels and experiences for most of that mindset seems to be generally universal. Okay. Yep. Yep. So all over, Mike is saying that everybody's just kind of apathetic anymore, and I see it. I you see people walking around. I think the I think being lost in technology, lost in phone, uh, lost in a virtual world, lost in the metaverse, things like that, where things aren't real, uh, really, it really uh, it gives less meaning and purpose to reality and uh when you can get lost in that you can be apathetic to the your surroundings and everything around you because you don't you don't look at that as your your real world so i don't know i don't know nice thought mike i appreciate it um anyway that is the those are the questions oh Corey, i asked Corey, and she waited in this morning she's pretty tired too and we we both are we're both uh, discussing taking a nap but she she uh she weighed in. She just said money, power, corruption, blah blah blah, like the list, the list. And she did the blah blah blah. Like there was too much for her to even to even come up with one um 
one thing that bothers her the most. So I get that too. She just doesn't, she's checked out like me more than me. I think she has helped me get to a point where I am checked out as much as I am. But uh, Corey, uh, Corey for the longest time has just been, uh, been able to put aside all the bad things out there and uh, focus on the good. And that's why I love her to death. And uh, yeah, <laughs> she didn't need to answer this question. She lets me, she lets the world bother me for her. <laughs> so I try to, uh, I try to accommodate. Anyway, that has been the perfect cup question for Friday, July 21st. Again, the question was, what's one thing that bothers you most about the world today? If you want to participate again, keep an eye out Sunday through Thursday for um, Sunday through Thursday for the question posted around socials. You can find it in the Telegram feed at t.me slash lots feed or on socials spread around on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MeWe, Noster, uh, or LinkedIn. Find that post. It'll have a picture of the the thumbnail for the segment with the question on it leave a comment i will scoot around there on monday morning pick them up and uh, we will be back with you then until then this has been the perfect cup podcast and now back to the main show morning pip how we doing how we doing hope everything is going well History segment, I rolled the dice again. We're playing lottery today with Pip's uh, Pip's ability to get the history segment done and uh, roll through that because why not? Why not? All right. All right. Let's hit the history. We got Friday, July 21st. We're getting partway through the year here. <coughs> Let me clear my throat. Oh, I think that was a 90s, 90s hip-hop song that you guys should go back to. Uh, they were talking about that in the in the comments before the show started this morning. They were back into the the nineties the nineties rap with nineties um, um, rap with Ice Cube post NWA, and uh, they were talking Return of the Mac and other stuff uh, about that era. And yeah, so let me clear my throat. I think that was late nineties, mid to late nineties. All right. Anyway, history segment. Lots of history. Here we go. May 21st, 2023. Yesterday had Colt and Glock birthdays. Today has a few Western nuggets among a few other items of interest. Current Bitcoin price is $30,000 and 21. $30,021. 30021. Um, and uh, enjoy. Here we go. Nine. Yeah, July 21st, 1861, American Civil War, first battle of Bull Run at Manassas Junction, Virginia. The first major battle of the war begins and ends in victory for the Confederate Army. Uh, the Union Army was slow in positioning themselves, allowing the Confederate reinforcements time to arrive by rail. Each side had about 18,000 poorly trained and poorly led troops. The battle was a Confederate victory and was followed by a, a disorganized post-battle retreat of Union forces. Pips knows. Did they call it the Battle of Bull Run or the First Battle of? I'll just stop now. Excuse me. Mm. This day, July twenty first, eighteen sixty five, in the Market Square of Springfield, Missouri, Wild Bill Hickok shoots and kills Davis Tut in what is regarded as the first Western showdown. It is one of the few recorded instances in the Old West of a one on one pistol quick draw duel in a public place. In the manner later made iconic by countless dime novels, radio dramas, and Western films such as High Noon. The first, the first story of the shootout was detailed in an article in Harper's Magazine in 1867, making Hickok a household name and folk hero. Pip's notes, here's a cut and paste from Legends of America website. Through movies and television would like us to believe otherwise it was very rare when gunfights occurred with the two fighter, gunfighters squarely facing each other from a distance in a dusty street. This romanticized image of the Old West gunfight was born in the dime novels of the late 19th century and perpetuated in the film era such to, a, to a, such a point that this fictional version is what our mind's eye quickly conjures up when we hear the word gunfight. It actually, in actuality, the real gunfights of the Old West were rarely that civilized. Cool. Draw. <laughs> Draw. Um... 
Let's see. Let's see. This day, July 21st, 1873, at Adair, Iowa, Jesse James and the West and the James Younger gang pull off the first successful train robbery, robbery in American Old West. The gang carried out what was arguably the first train robbery west of the Mississippi River, derailing a locomotive of the Rock Island Railroad near Adair, Iowa. Engineer John Rafferty died in the crash. The outlaws took $2,337 from the express safe in the baggage car, having narrowly missed a transcontinental express shipment of large of a large amount of cash. Pips notes later that year on November 24th, John Newman Edwards published a lengthy glorification of the James brothers, Cole and John Younger and Arthur McCoy in 20 page special supplement to his newspaper, the St. Louis dispatch. Most of the supplement entitled a terrible quintet, was devoted to James Jesse James gang's public face, and the article stressed their Confederate loyalties. Pips notes the value of two thousand three hundred and thirty-seven dollars in eighteen seventy-three would be about fifty-nine thousand four hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety-four cents in twenty twenty-three. Oh, all right. Well, July twenty-first. 1904, Louis Rigoli, a Frenchman, becomes the first man to break the 100-mile-per-hour barrier on land. He drove a 15-liter Gobron Brielle in Ostend, Belgium. He covered a one-kilometer course in 21.6 seconds, beating Belgian Pierre de Cateres, Mark of 97.25 miles per hour set the previous May over the same one kilometer course in Austin. The record stood for just three months. Pips notes 15 liter engine for 100 miles per hour. When I got out of the riding motorcycles, the average new 600cc sport bike was capable, easily capable of 150 plus miles per hour. Uh, a few years and a few gears ago. Anyway, a few years and a few gears ago. That's going to be Pip's uh, Pip's uh, autobiography should, title should be "A Few Years and a Few Gears Ago." Um, <laughs> this day, July twenty first, nineteen twenty five, Malcolm Campbell becomes the first man to exceed one hundred and fifty miles an hour on land at Pendine Sands in Wales. He drives Sunbeam three hundred fifty horsepower built by Sunbeam at a two way average speed of one hundred and fifty miles one hundred and fifty point three three miles per hour. A British racing motorist and motoring journalist, he gained the world speed record on land and on water at various times using vehicles called. Bluebird, including a 1921 Grand Prix Sunbeam, his son Donald Campbell carried on the family tradition by holding both land and speed, land speed and water speed records. Pips notes at the outbreak of the First World War, Campbell initially enlisted as a motorcycle dispatch rider and fought at the Battle of Mons in August of 1914. Shortly afterwards, he was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Fifth Battalion, Queen's Own Royal. West Kent Regiment, a territorial force unit on the 2nd of September, 1914. He was soon drafted into the Royal Flying Corps, where he served as a ferry pilot, for his instructors believed he was too clumsy to make the grade as a fighter pilot. But he can go fast. He can go fast for sure. This day, 1969, Apollo program at 256 UTC, astronaut Neil Armstrong becomes the first person to walk on the moon followed 19 minutes later by edward buzz aldrin oh were they on the moon or were they in a studio i don't know huh it's up to you to decide this day july 21st 2011 nasa space shuttle program ends with the landing of space shuttle atlantis on mission sts 135 at nasa's kennedy space center only four astronauts were assigned to this mission versus the normal six or seven because there were no other shuttles available for a rescue following the retirement of Discovery and in Denver. If the shuttle was seriously damaged in orbit, the crew would have moved into the International Space Station and returned in Russian Soyva capsules, Soyuz capsules, one at a time over the course of a year. All STS-135 crew members were custom-fitted for a Russian Sokol spacesuit and molded Soyuz seat liner for the possibility. The reduced crew size also allowed the mission to maximize the payload carried to the ISS. A Senate committee passed the 2010 NASA reauthorization bill 
authored by Senator Bill Nelson, to direct NASA to fly an extra space shuttle mission, STS-135, pending a review of safety concerns. Pips notes, on March 19th, 2021, Let's Go Brandon had announced intention to nominate Nelson to the position of NASA administrator. Nelson was confirmed by unanimous consent by the Senate on April 29th, 2021, and was sworn in by Vice President Kamala Harris on May 3rd, 2021. Good job, Kamala. Oh, this day, uh, July 21st, 2012, Erdin Uruk completes his first solo human-powered circumnavigation of the world. A Turkish-American adventurer who became the first person in history to complete an entirely solo and entirely human-powered circumnavigation of the Earth on the 21st of, 21st of July, 2012, in Bodega Bay, California. Pips notes, the modes of transport included a rowboat to cross the ocean, a sea kayak for shorelines, a bicycle on the roads, and hiking on trails, along with canoes for a few river crossings. The route he followed was 41,196 miles long, crossed the equator twice in all lines of latitude, longitude, and passed over 12 pairs of ant, anti-poddle points meeting all the requirements for a true circumnavigation of the globe. Guinness World Records has officially recognized Iru for the first solo circumnavigation of the globe using human power on a journey that lasted five years, 11 days, 12 hours, and 22 minutes. Holy balls. Huh. <laughs> Pip's pre-notes for birthdays and passing. A dude looks for the com the commas. That follows the names. The more commas, the more curious. Happy birthdays. Oh, no. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, hmm. Pip, I don't see any birthdays. <laughs> oh, let's see who died today. Well, we'll call this dude Andy, not uh, Mr. DeTantre. <laughs> what? 1793, uh, this day, uh, Antoine Brony de, yeah, French admiral, explorer, and politician, a French naval officer, explorer, and colonial governor, he is perhaps best known for his exploration of the Australian coast in 1792 while searching for La Perouse expedition. Pips notes, I have no idea how to pronounce that name. I think I'll stick to dude. Yeah, that was a rough one, man. Uh, this day, 1878, Sam Bass, American outlaw, who was born in 1851, a 19th century American train robber, outlaw, and outlaw gang leader. Notably, he was a member of the gang of six that robbed a Union Pacific train in Nebraska of $60,000 in newly minted gold from San Francisco, California. To date, this was the biggest train robbery ever committed in the USA. He died as a result of wounds sustained in a gun battle with law enforcement officers. Pips notes, did Breaking Bad's train heist beat his? Not sure. That was a pretty crazy heist that they made in the Breaking Bad uh, series. This day, July 21st, 1938, Owen Wister, American lawyer and author who was born in 1860, an American writer and historian considered the father of Western fiction. He is best remembered for writing The Virginian and the bi biography of Ulysses S. Grant. In 1904, Worcester col collaborated with Kirk Lachelle on a successful stage adaption of The Virginian that featured Dustin Farham in the title role. Farnham reprised the role 10 years later in Cecil B. DeMille's <laughs> film adaptation of the play. This day, July 21st, 1966, Philip Frank, Austrian-American physicist, mathematician, and philosopher, Vienna Circle member, a physicist, mathematician, and philosopher of the early to mid-20th century. He has a long posit positivist and member of Vienna Circle. He was influenced by Mach and was one of Mach's the Mach's criticized by Lenin in materialism and empiricalism. Excuse me. This day, July 21st, 1968, Ruth St. Denis, American dancer and choreographer, an American pioneer of modern dance, introducing Western or excusing Eastern ideas into the art and paving the way for other women in dance. She was inspired by the Del Sarte advocate Genevieve Stebbins. 
St. Denis was the co-founder of 1915 of the American Denisian School of Dancing and Related Arts. Wow. Oh, get, you get your dance on. July 21st, 1973, Ahmed Bokachini. <laughs> the Lilyhammer Affair. Um, Lilyhammer, Norwegian. Lily was the killing of Mossad agents, uh, agents of Ahmad Buk Jesus, man. A Moroccan waiter and brother of the renowned musician Chico. Yeah, I can't say that name. Bochiki in Lilyhammer, Norway in, on July 21st, 1973. The Israeli agents had mistaken their target for Ali Hassan Salahama. Salahem. <laughs> the chief of operations for Black September. Six of the Mossad team of 15 were captured and convicted of complicity in the killing of the Norwegian justice system in a major blow to the intelligence agency's reputation. Pips notes, while two stayed in the car to provide cover, the other two got out and shot him 13 times with a 22 caliber pistol, his wife witnessing the shooting. Local police were close by, but by the time the police and rescue arrived, he was dead. Pip side notes, there had not been a murder for 36 years in that town. Resets the safety sign. <laughs> July 21st, 1977, Lee Miller, American model and photographer, an American photographer and photojournalist. She was a fashion model in New York City in the 1920s before going to Paris, where she became a fashion and fine arts photographer. During the Second World War, she was a war correspondent for Vogue covering such covering events such as the London Blitz, the liberation of Paris, and the concentration camps at uh, Buckwald, Buck Inwald and Dachau. Uh, at the outbreak of World War II, Miller was living at Downshire, Downshire Hill in Hampstead, London, and uh, Penrose when the bombing of the city began. Ignore, ignoring pleas from friends and family to return to the U.S., Miller embarked on a new career in photojournalism as the official war photographer for Vogue documenting the Blitz. She was accredited with the U.S. Army, accredited with the U.S. Army as a correspondent for con, uh, for NAS pub publications from December 1942. Yeah, uh, Miller. Miller is a easy one for me. Uh, this day in 1998, Alan Shepard, American admiral, pilot, and astronaut, an American astronaut, naval aviator, test pilot, and businessman. In 1961, he became the second person and the first American to travel into space. And in 1971, he became the fifth and oldest person to walk on the moon at age 47. Pips notes he became a naval aviator in 1946 and a test pilot in 1950, one of the original NASA Mercury 7 astronauts in 1959. And in May 1961, he made the first crewed Project Mercury flight mercury redstone three in a spacecraft he named freedom seven this day in 19 or 2017 john heard american film and television actor who's born in 1946 an american actor heard made his debut in a film with the ensemble between the lines in 1977 pips notes kevin's dad in home alone there you go there you go home alone reference Holidays, this day, July 21st, holidays, we have Liberation Day in 1944 for Guam, Belgium National Day in Belgium, Racial Harmony Day in Singapore, and Pip says, humans, this was Pip with Duction Cups, go do Friday, just be sure to have protection. Thanks, Pip. Thank you for the wonderful history segment. I appreciate it. And uh, as always, if you appreciate the history segment every day that Pip puts together, hit up DuctionCups.com. And I currently have an affiliate link with them. Uh, that link is DuctionCups.com slash lots. Very easy to remember. DuctionCups.com slash lots for all your rubber duck duction cup duck board get your ducks stuck board on your jeep check them out they're fantastic i love the little things and uh man duction cups coming up with an interview on monday night on lots to talk about it was a great interview and it will air monday night uh at six central so be sure to check that out and see our buddy pip live on lots to talk about with lisa and aj the triumvirate of duction cups 
Oh, all right. What is on the list? I have one thing on my list. We got uh, we got to our site yesterday after an interesting experience, and I looked at Corey. And I said, "Well, geez, what will I talk about tomorrow?" And she says, "Well, I don't know." And I said, "Well, I wrote it down. Slip and slide." We've uh, we've had it pretty easy uh, this trip. I think we were talking yesterday. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of issues. I don't think uh, many issues at all. All our sites have been pretty fairly easy to get in. Excuse me. Um, fairly easy to get in and out of. Um, nice level sites. We haven't had to do a lot of leveling. We've had nice um, property owners. Yeah, it's been a good trip. We're uh, I think we're up to two weeks here. Today or tomorrow, I think we left on we left on a Saturday. I remember. Anyway, we left Friday, uh, Friday or Saturday, so we're coming up here on two weeks, and it's been it's been good. We got another week left. Um, there's always you always expect something to go sideways. Well, at least I do. A three week trip, a three week trip. Um, I I just had to expect something was going to go. It can't be perfect for two weeks, three weeks. I mean, it can, but um, I would have been shocked. I was prepared for um, some odd situations to happen. They always seem to do, they always seem to follow Corey and I. Not necessarily bad, not necessarily horrible or anything, but just you look at it and you go, what? How? Um, so yesterday we got up. It was raining. It, uh, we got up and we kind of got out early. We had a pretty short drive, uh, relatively short drive, but uh, there was more rain coming where we were at. We were kind of on a soft like drainage area. So as we were looking at the rain and looking at the ground, we decided we were going to hit it early. We we're going to take our time getting here uh, to the, our next spot. We couldn't be until two, but it was in a pasture field. So I didn't think if we got up here early, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Um, we could just wait on the side of the road or the landowner could let us in. I didn't know how it was going to go. Could have stopped along the way for a little while. So we didn't reach out to the landowner. We just kind of, we we're going to roll up. And as we were traveling, we took our time. It was raining the whole drive pretty much. Uh, so we went fairly slow and um, we got down here. We were headed to Colorado. So we're in the very north would that be northeast corner of Colorado? Um, maybe I don't know what we're like an hour in from the from the border south, and then uh, we're only like 10 15 minutes from like the Kansas border, so the eastern border of Colorado. And as we we're driving down here, like I said, we we're going slow, we we're looking at the looking at the GPS, and we were getting closer to that two o'clock check in time, so we were going to be within a half an hour. No sweat in it, and um, even if we had to pull up on the road and couldn't get a hold of anybody, we'd just sit, and it wouldn't be that bad for half hour. Let the dogs out and put them back in the truck, and we'd be ready to roll. So we weren't worried about that. We were just cruising along um, this site. You never know where you're going to end up. You never know what roads you're going to end up. You never know um, the conditions of where you're going. <coughs> Corey and I worry greatly about... Um, getting stuck in, uh, in sites. We've been stuck in sites before uh, multiple times where we've gotten parked and we can't get out. So that is our biggest concern. That's the thing we focus most on. We were going to go park in a pasture and man, uh, that's where we sat for four months in Texas. Uh, it was in sugar sand and this is kind of a sandy area. We didn't know. We were uh, we were definitely contemplating parking, going, walking out where we were going to park and seeing what the conditions were. That was the plan. We got uh, probably within, I don't know, what did this dirt road down out here? About five miles, 10 miles. We turned down to a dirt road. Um, actually, I think we were on a dirt road before um, and we turned on this one. Now, we didn't know this at the time, but this area has gotten more rain in the last four months than he, he said, the landowner, when we talked to him said, they've gotten more rain in the last four months than years and years. Uh, he said they've been in a drought for like 15 years. He's a third generation uh, dry land farmer here in Eastern, Eastern Colorado. And um, he's like, yeah, this is unreal. This is unreal how much rain we've had been doing this my whole life. And 
15 years since we've gotten this much rain. All the fields are green. Uh, it looks great. He's great for a farmer, but damn, uh, it's a lot of rain. Uh, it rained all day here yesterday before we arrived. It rained the day before. And um, as we're driving down the muddy roads, we're noticing we're getting some soft spots. Corey's like, I think we're slipping. I said, okay, we'll just keep going. Um, it looked like that muddy, greasy uh, clay road. And I was like, this is really, this is not good <laughs> as I'm going. Uh, I'm looking at it like the the road situation when we were in Texas and it rained for three, four or five days straight and we couldn't get up the hill. Fortunately, we have four new tires all around. Well, new enough that I would consider them new. They're, uh, they got some decent... Uh, decent aggressive traction on them so i was like all right well this is what we got but we are super heavy we are very very heavy our trailer is um is very heavy it's very heavy to drag our truck is very heavy so if we get into some spots and we can if there's any sinking going on stuff like that it uh it really sucks <laughs> so Corey was going along and um and she started spinning she started sliding a little bit then we got a little bit better road uh we move forward a little bit and uh, we're rolling along and the truck started to slide sideways um we started to head towards the ditch we um we decided at that point to just stop and evaluate see what's going on as we looked ahead of us there was like at least two miles of a pretty significant grade uphill um going uphill and we're dragging a trailer in uh basically snot like um slip and slide and i was like we're not this isn't good um <laughs> this isn't good so we stopped and we parked on the i want to say on the side of the road we were on the um on the side ish of the road we were far enough over that somebody could get by and uh so we got out we were looking at the trailer and we weren't buried by any means we were probably only in a couple inches of mud but it was like it was hard to walk on let's put it that way it was clay um clay um snotty shit on top of hard pan so there was no there was no traction whatsoever couldn't get moving especially with the load i was pulling behind me so we started contemplating options i took my phone out had zero cell phone signal like zero zero x emergency calls only um and then flitter fluttering back and forth to one bar and so as we we're weighing our options i was thinking that we could drop the trailer probably get the truck moving um at a minimum uh at least get the truck moving and figure out what to do with the trailer uh and just rolling through options in my head all of a sudden somebody comes down the road we hadn't seen anybody and man it had been a significant amount of time it's not a well-traveled road by any means uh there was no warning about this in the listing or from the landowner and i was like ah this is kind of shitty <laughs> i don't know where we're gonna get a tow truck I hadn't seen a town in forever uh and it, it i wasn't wasn't real thrilled First truck comes by and guy kind of like fishtails by us and kind of guns it as he's going by us. And I was like, oh, wow. And realized that he was just trying to get through the soft spot and he stopped, backed up. And um, he's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I said, you know, all three guys that uh, ended up stopping, uh, I told them, you know, it'd been better. <laughs> like when somebody asks you how you're doing and you're stuck, it, uh, I mean, it's the, it's the common answer to give. But he said, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, this road, it gets pretty shitty when it rains. I was like, yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, I was like, do you know anybody around here? I didn't know if he was local, if he was just pass passing through. I said, you know anybody around here? It's got a tractor or something that maybe pull me out or at least get me unstuck. Uh, we were contemplating backing down this road. There was no place to turn around. There was a driveway probably a quarter mile behind us that we could probably back into and turn around. Other than that, we were either backing out like four or five miles or um, or trying to go up this snot-covered hill. So the guy says, you know, I, I just work on, uh, I check gas wells out here. I'm going up to this farm up the road. I can check and uh, see if there's anybody around with him. 
Uh, other than that, I don't know, man. I just I just come out here to check gas wells. He says, but this road does get really shitty when it rains, and it doesn't get any better going up that hill. I'm like, oh, great. And he says, well, I'll talk to the farmer when I get up there, and uh, when I'm done, I'll swing back by and see see if you need any help still. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. You do your work and uh, get out of here. So as I'm doing that, um, I'm able to get a little bit of signal. I was able to send the landowner a message and say, hey, we're, this is where we're stuck. Um, any idea, anybody close? I didn't know if the guy lived here. I didn't know if he lived on property. I didn't know if he lived 100 miles away. He writes back and he says, um, he's like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm about 10, 10, 15 minutes. I'll be there. I, uh, I know right where you are, blah, blah, blah. Cool, cool. Corey and I sat there. We we're going to wait. He was going to try to pull us out. He's like, I'll bring my truck and see if I can pull you out. It didn't sound real confident, but it was in a text message. So you don't really get emotion, you know? <laughs> I was like, this dude's like, oh, I'm going to come out with my truck and see if I can pull you up. And I'm just looking at my rig going, yeah, ain't going to happen. Anyway, about 15, 10, 15 minutes later, he shows up. Uh, super cool guy. Um, Kellen, thank you. I appreciate all your help. Definitely yesterday. Uh, but he shows up. He's got a big old Dodge 2500 diesel. And uh, rolls up in front of me, gets out. We chat for a little bit. He's like, hey, how about I try to pull you up to uh, pull you up past this mud bog part? He's like, there's more there's more snotty spots up the hill. But once you get to the top of the hill, once you get up by our property, which was two and a half miles up this hill, uh, it, it gets more sandy. He said the grader driver, we had a new grader driver, and he absolutely destroyed a couple miles of road. He scraped all the sand off the top, which was what gives you grip in this snot. He's like, once you get up a little farther, he figured out what he was doing and you'll feel, you'll feel yourself get grip. And, um, I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. Let's see how this goes. I didn't think this guy's going to like, I'm hoping that he could pull me out. He had a bit same size truck as us. I think between the two of us, we would be able to get going, but with how slippery it was, I wasn't real confident by any means. So, we hook a chain up to my toe, toe, uh, toe hook and he gets in and he starts to go and he gives it, I give it a little and we're just kind of sliding. And I was like, Oh shit. My heart kind of sunk. I was like, he had told us that the nearest Walmart was an hour away. So I can only imagine how far the biggest wrecker is going to be. That's going to help us. And with that, I had no idea where we were going to go. We didn't know if we wanted to even risk, parking where he was if this was the conditions um it was looking like a really long day we were looking like walmart parking lot um get shitty sleep again overnight uh, wherever we can find so all of a sudden he puts it in uh he puts it he stops for a second and then he goes again and lo and behold we start moving a little bit we start moving uh very slowly through the mud, uh, he's pulling us up. We get to a little drier spot where it looked like we could probably get going on our own. And he unhooks and he starts to go ahead. He's like, I'll just stay, I'll stay right in front of you. If we need to stop and pull again, we will. And man, <laughs> Brian, uh, Brian drove. Corey drives 99.99% of the time, 99.999% of the time. Uh, there's situations where Corey wants me to drive. There's usually situations where we have to just do it um, and go for it. And it is what it is. I totally understand. Uh, she doesn't want to be responsible for anything breaking for sure. Uh, and uh, it was going to be a hairy ride. So I said, let's, let's do it. She hold, held on tight to the, to the Oh shit bar and I nailed it. And we started driving. <laughs> it was the longest two and a half miles. It was sideways fishtailing back and forth with a 10,000 pile trailer behind us up this hill, uh, mud bogging left and right back and forth trailer sliding all over the place. Probably going, the wheels were probably going like 60 miles an hour. And we were going about 12 miles an hour. If that, um, kind of, hitting the mud bogs and going and getting traction and back and forth. Uh, he never had to hook up again. There were some times that he put it in reverse where he thought he was going to have to come back and hook up again, but we were just moving that slowly that he couldn't tell we were moving forward. And eventually I would get enough and uh, be able to pull a little bit. 
uh, we got up to where he said, and sure as shit, just like he said, he um, there was a spot where you it, all of a sudden you started to get more grip, more grip, more grip, and it felt solid. And he and we came right up. He pulled into his property. We whipped in right behind him. I was like, I'd rather be out in this field if I got to deal with anything um, than on this muddy, muddy, greasy road. And so we pulled out here, and this is dry as shit. I mean, I'm not saying it's dry. We got a shitload more rain last night. Uh, but it's solid. This field is solid. This pasture is solid. He he told us it was, and you know you have to you have to trust your landowners. He apologized for not letting us know about the road. Uh, he said he had watched us drive by where he was at, and uh, it hit him, and he was like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> so we are in here. We talked to the locals. Uh, we had also had another gentleman stop when we were getting the truck hooked up and talk. He was another local, and they all just agreed. They're like, "Yeah, this is this road is just shit." Uh, when it rains. And unfortunately, like I said, they've had more rain in the last four months than they've had in years. And uh, the road was just shit. Uh, it was a bad combination of a lot of things. We got through it, we got out, and we prepped for tomorrow. I said, so how do we get out of here? I said, this is all downhill. Is it easier when you're going downhill? I'm not pulling this trailer uphill. He goes, Dude, we get stuck going both directions, uh, just pickup trucks sometimes on this thing. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to go that way. What if I go the other way now that I'm on the top of the hill? What happens the other way? Uh, they're like, well, it's really good for a while. And then you get down in the river bottom and you got to go up two uh, significant hills and valleys. And it's just as bad. And I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to get my fucking trailer out of here and get on our way to Kansas? And he's like, well, if you go a mile, take a left on this road, you go down uh, and then you take a left, you'll go up into town and you'll hit pavement. Once you hit pavement, you can get over to this highway, this highway, and you're on your way. <sighs> okay. You know what you're talking about. I've learned on this journey that when you talk to the locals, especially guys that drive, he's a cattle farmer. He drives big cattle haulers. He drives trailers. He drives tractors on these roads all the time. He gets stuck. He gets unstuck. He helps people. He knows what he's talking about. The other local agreed that that would be the best way to get out of here without um, <laughs> without getting stuck. So that is our plan. We're going to go 20 miles or 20 minutes, about 15 miles out of the way. Uh, we're going to go north when we have to go south, but we're going to take the route that, um, that the landowner said uh, is the way to go, that we won't get stuck. Unfortunately, he is off uh, off uh, celebrating his daughter's birthday today, off uh, not in the local area to help us out if we do get stuck. But there is a farmer across the street. I see a big old blue tractor that uh, would definitely help us along if needed. So, you know, hopefully we uh, roll out and uh, just roll easy up into town, hit that pavement and away we go. Other than that, it should be a super short drive, uh, easy drive today, knock on wood. Um, that is good. We want, we need a short day. We have a super long day on Saturday. Um, we usually travel about 250 miles, but just the way it worked out and, um, and things were ended up going an extra hundred miles, I think on Saturday and then a super short little drive on Sunday to sit down for a week. So it's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a long three days. But I think once we stop uh, on Sunday, we'll be over and barely into Missouri. And um, we'll be able to get some sleep and be able to rest. We won't move for four days. We're there Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Corey's got to work Monday and Tuesday. And then I have my interview with Jack on TSP on Wednesday. So... We're going to sit down until that. And then Thursday, we got uh, we got two more travel days and we'll be home. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for a bad sideways day to happen, this couldn't have been, this was pretty easy. This was, um, for how it worked out, for how it could have worked out, and all the different things that could have happened, I think we fared pretty well. Would you agree? We did all right. We did all right. Yeah. Head out, uh, head over to the Telegram chat. You can check out the picture of me or the video of me scraping, um, scraping the mud off the front of the camper from our mud bogging adventure up the hill. Uh, yeah, it was, it was what it was. So, hopefully, that was our bad, our bad day of the trip.
If not, we'll just deal with it as it comes. But we handled that very fairly well. I had uh, I had some moments of pretty big anxiety and um, anger, <laughs> uh, at, not at anybody in particular, more the fact of the situation. And um, yeah, but we made it through. We made it through, as we always do. As we always do. Anyway, let's uh, let's hit that drawing. Not too many people in it. I think uh, I think Canadian Farmstead has a really good odds of uh, really good odds of getting in uh, getting that three peat. Oh, let me see. It didn't um, it didn't register. <laughs> Canadian Farmstead, you might win by default. <laughs> let me see if we can go. Oh yeah, here we go. We'll have three. Three isn't bad. Um, <laughs> especially for it not working until the end. Let me uh, let me get this pulled up and um, then we will give this 10k away and move on to the weekend. We have um, we have let's see let's do the item of the day real quick. We'll do the 10k and then we'll get out of here. Item of the day today are these adhesive little hooks. Uh, we use them in the shower, we use them in the bathroom. you could use them anywhere. they'll they're great for um, <laughs> or uh they're great for holding like a toothbrush a razor cable organization uh it's four little nubbins and uh they're flexible they uses adhesive pad to stick to the wall if you look in the video description or the audio description there's a link to a uh a written review a video review there's also a link to amazon to pick some up they're cheap and they work great. There's multiple uses. Pick up a box you and sit there and look at them. You will realize that there are uh, plenty of ways to use them. So adhesive rubber hooks, find the link in the video description. And if you don't need any of those, but you are going, going to be doing some Amazon shopping, please consider grabbing that link from us and hitting Amazon and then continuing on your shopping. It will help us in the long run and we appreciate it greatly. Uh, interviews coming up will be Monday night, like I said, Duction Cups, and then Thursday, Professor Pete, I believe, is who's coming up on Thursday. I don't have the list in front of me, but um, we have uh, those two, and then the following Monday on the 31st, yes, the 31st will be our trip recap. I will uh, I will be doing a whole recap of the trip, the highs, the lows, the accomplishments, uh, the missions, if we completed them. Maybe Corey will join and uh, we'll talk about the highlights and the lowlights. And yeah, it'll be a good one for sure. That will be on August 31st. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get this 10K giveaway and get on our way for the weekend. And uh, here we go. It should be easy one. Three entrants three entrants this might be this might be the um the the final 10k giveaway i've been i was contemplating uh running it through our trip and uh and seeing what happens we will see but this could possibly be the final 10k giveaway we'll have to wait till next friday to see but here we go today got stuck is the the hashtag and here we go Round and round we go. One in three chance for a three-peat by Canadian Farmstead. Alrighty. <sighs> of course. And now the three-time champion of the world and 10K giveaway winner, Canadian Farmstead. <laughs> Congratulations, man. It was a, it was a tough, hard-earned win. Hard-earned win for sure. I appreciate it. I will remember to send it to you today. Hopefully, <laughs> as in you know, the last week, I uh, I waited till like Wednesday, I think. But anyway, anyway, guys. Oh, it's been a week. It was a day for sure. Uh, hopefully, Monday when I catch up with you guys again, I will be uh, I'll be way more rested. It'll be a uh, smoother show. No problem, man. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you hanging out this morning. And uh, hey, make it a great weekend, guys. <sighs> like always, if you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great weekend, guys, and we will catch up with you on Monday.